This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. I really do love technology. It's very helpful in so many ways, Canty. I'm a technology guy. I even went to the Consumer Electronics Show one year just for fun. Well, Vegas. congratulations to you, Carlin, because oh, wow. technology seems to want to attack me at every turn. <laughs> I don't understand why. Even today, jumping on the Zoom with you to do the show <laughs> and getting the TV you right, finally got a picture of me, well, a video of me instead of a picture of me up on our show on ESPN's app. So it's just, technology has just been really, really aggressive toward me in 2023. And, and Carlin, I don't like the way that we're, we're getting out to the start in this new year. I just don't. Wow. Wow. Are you a guy that thinks the robots are going to come for you at some point? Oh, yeah. iRobot is going to happen. Terminator, <laughs> all of that stuff, that's going to happen. There's going to be a revolution. There's no question about it. It's not if it's going to happen. It's when it's going to happen. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think the robots are going to take over. I don't. Well, you know what, Carlin? I cringe every time people start talking about artificial intelligence and we're yeah. building in AI into the car. The car can park itself now. Man, if it doesn't freak you out that the car can parallel park itself in New York City, I don't know what will. But I mean, they're like it's just it's just going to show you they're only one step away from the robot revolution, the robot apocalypse. I'm telling you, it's coming. It's a scary thing. I don't understand why technology is just all of a sudden so aggressive. Let me tell you something. The second that they have the the car that drives itself for you, I'm in. Yeah, I will absolutely jump on board for that right away. Well, hopefully that goes a lot better than you trying to text using CarPlay and telling people what you want to say. When you give the destination to the car that drives itself, you're going to end up in Bayonne rather than the seaport. Good luck with that. <laughs> going to end up in western Pennsylvania. What are you kidding me? It's Canty yeah, and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Brandon Marshall, the former All-Pro wide receiver, he is joining us right now to talk about the NFL playoffs and his new app, House of Athletes, is his company. And he is with us, Brandon, Chris Carlin, Chris Canty. We appreciate the time. How you doing? What's going on, guys? Big fans of the show, big fans of you guys. You guys are legends. I'm good. <laughs> appreciate it, Brandon. Uh, let's get right into it, man. What game catches your attention the most in Wild Card Weekend. Which game are you looking forward to the most? Uh, let's run through them. Um, you know, talk, you know. Well, I'll say this: I- I'm really excited about uh, Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that game. So, seeing what's happening there, Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, on paper, the Dallas Cowboys should win. I know they've been uh, struggling the the last couple of weeks. Dak Prescott isn't where he wants to be, but they seem to be the better team, and they've had the better year, more consistent year. Tampa Bay, they got the GOAT, right? And there's some things that you just can't account for. You know what I mean? It's just that fact, that that just that big big play uh, mentality, that clutch gene. You know, he's in a dance. What is he going to do? How is this team going to respond? Mike Evans was a big conversation all year. You know, what's happening to their connection? When are they going to connect? Well, hell, look what happened last week, right? Um, That was a big game for them. Can they carry that into the playoffs? If they can, and if playoff Lenny shows up, uh, they could be a dangerous team. Um, This could potentially be that 2005 Pittsburgh Steelers team 
that had a terrible year, but right around midpoint, they just hit their stride and they found a way to get into the playoffs and just disrupt everything. B. Marsh, three of your former teams are in the postseason, but I want to lock in on the Miami Dolphins because not only are they going to be without Tua, there's a chance that they could be without Teddy Bridgewater. They're preparing for Skylar Thompson, their third-string quarterback, to be the starter as they march into Orchard Park. What has to be going through your mind if you're Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle, one of those receivers on that Dolphins offense, in terms of what they need to do in order to give themselves a chance to have success and pull off the upset? It's just that, right, understanding that the, the, the game plan uh, is going to change. You know, I mean, they've been big play all year. Um, I mean, it's been cool to watch this tandem take off the way they, 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 they have since week one. Um, that may not be the case, right? And so you can't get frustrated. Um, and you have to just find a way to just add value and, 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 and help your team win. And, and I think that happens, right? Like, you know, these guys are, you know, they're excited about being in the playoffs. They believe in, like, everyone else that, that made the dance that they could potentially go on a run. There isn't one team, in, or I wouldn't say one team because, you know, it's different from, you know, a head coaching standpoint or uh, management standpoint, ownership standpoint. Even fans, fans know, like, man, this team really doesn't have a chance. Here's the favorites. But as a, as competitors, those players in the locker room, I don't see too many players on any team that, you know, that's going into wild card weekend not thinking that they don't have a chance, right? So they're excited. The Dolphins, these guys think that they could be the team, right? Like, we can disrupt. We can be that shocking factor. Um, so I think that, the you know, these this receiver crew – and then also the Miami Dolphins are excited, but they definitely know they got their work cut out for them because they don't have their guys lead in the way. Brandon Marshall, former All-Pro wide receiver, joining us right now. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio in the ESPN app. Your former teammate, Geno Smith, he's having a tremendous year, Brandon. What do you see as the difference between the Geno Smith you knew with the Jets and this Geno Smith? He's a man now. You know, he came into the NFL as a boy, and he's mature, right? Like, I was Geno Smith's roommate when I got there. When I was traded to the Chicago Bears, I intentionally moved in with him. So the whole offseason, you know, I was literally uh, his roommate in the room right across the hall. And um, and it's just the little things, right? I, I actually just uh, invested <clears throat> into four books for my nieces and nephews there in high school, <clears throat> And that book is, uh, you know, Make Your Bed. And the book is basically, you know, it talks about, like, the, the details and, you know, the little things is what breeds success and super success and uber success. Like, can you make your bed? Um, can you show up on time? And I'm not saying <clears throat> that that's not what uh, Gino wasn't doing those things, but what I saw was some immaturity, you know? And, and those are the things that I was talking to him about, right? Like, you know, are we going to be the first ones that to the facility? To the facility? Are we going to be the last ones to leave when we show up? What are we doing? Do we have a plan in place? You know, even the little details around the house, dishes in the sink, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I just see, you know, Geno Smith as a man, very mature. He's a pro. He's a true pro. And it just took him time to get there. Now, I don't believe that this was the year he put it all together. Because I also played with him with the Giants as well. And being around Eli Manning and seeing him operate in that 
or in that locker room, I saw a huge difference between the Jet Geno and the Giant Geno. And I believe that's when that, that transformation started to happen and it started to click. B. Marsh, it's clear when you're describing your relationship with Geno Smith that the quarterback-to-receiver relationship might be the most important player-to-player relationship on an offense in today's NFL. I was asked yesterday by Mike Greenberg, what's wrong with Dak Prescott? And, and I really couldn't give him an answer because I couldn't put my finger on it. But after thinking about it a little bit, I wanted to ask you this question. How much of the Amari Cooper departure is impacting what we're seeing from Dak Prescott this season? I know C.D. Lamb is having a terrific year, but how much of that departure, losing that key cog on that offense from a year ago, is impacting what we're seeing from Dak and that Cowboys offense, specifically with the turnovers this season? That's a big deal. Now, obviously, Dak is, is struggling more than you know the guys that I'm about to mention, uh, but you know, that happened in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, right? You know, look at look at the year that he had. I mean, it was the last time we've seen Aaron Rodgers have in a team have this type of year. Um, you know, Tom Brady in the Bucks. You lose Chris Godwin, right? Obviously, you have Mike Evans, but Chris Godwin was a cog in that offense now. Mm-hmm. And so, and you lose, you know, uh, Gronkowski. Mm-hmm. Man, that's a big deal. So for Dak to lose a guy like Amari Cooper, um, that's a big deal. But I also think that we need to look at the offense as well. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to uh, go all in on this, but I, I do think, you know, we need to pay attention to the way they operate their offense. You know, McCarthy and what they've been doing over the last couple of years, you know, there are some tweaks. Um, there's some some things that they do a little differently, but a lot of this stuff, you go back to the Green Bay days. And, and, and Chris, you know this, man. You played 10 years in the league, um, 11 years in the league. You, you know, you know, quarterback's hand signal, um, the right mm-hmm. guard, right tackle. Uh, they open up their split. 70% of the time they're going to do this, right? DBs, you know, you saw Fuller pick six. Okay, this is a three-by-one on third down. It's third and four. Uh, the receiver is slightly inside the numbers. Oh, 85% of the time, this is going to be double out where you heard Peyton Benning, Omaha, Omaha. Yeah, Omaha, Omaha, blue go, pick six. Why? Because Chris Fuller, he's he, he seen this a million times on film, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that, it's some of what you said, and also, like, you know, you get in your head as a, as a player sometimes, like, got to go out here. I know this defensive coordinator knows what we're doing. Everybody on defense knows what we're doing. We got we to gotta find a way to make this happen, right? And so you, you can start overcompensating and doing too much. Um, some of the errant throws, um, you know, as a player, you know this, man. The fans don't always know what we're dealing with. We're, 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 we're warriors. We don't always discuss that. And when you do, it's a weakness, right? And, and it's frowned upon at times. Nobody want to hear the players say, you know, yeah, man, my shoulder hurts and this and that. It's, it's, a, it's an excuse, right? What do we, what do we hear our, our, our best say? You know, you know Tom Brady's dealing with this or that. this person's dealing with that. It's like, yeah, um, I'm dealing with that, but it's no excuse, right? That hurts. It affects the game, right? You got to find a way to still play at a high level when you're dealing with things. So when you see how he's throwing the ball at times, you got to ask yourself, what is he dealing with that we don't know, right? So there's a lot to it, man. But um, 
you know, I think that, you know, they have a chance to right their wrongs in this in this round. You gotta be careful on the language. We're live on the air, P Marsh. Last one. Um Oh, we your... can't curse on ESPN? No. <laughs> nah. Oh, man. Mickey Mouse. Be Marsh. That, Mickey Mouse on, like on the check, bro. What is, it on, what, is it, what is it on radio? Like, if you say a curse word, y'all get fined? Yeah, well, yeah, but we'll 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 dial you up when we do. Uh, listen. <laughs> right, I'm curse words so I, get, so I get you guys. Right. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Oh, I love it, B. Marsh. Love hey, it. Hey, tell us about the app you're releasing with House of Athletes. Yeah, I mean, think about this, man. You know, I play. I came in the league in 2006. Chris, you came in in 2005, man. And it's hard to explain to people uh, the 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 experts that we had around us, the gurus that we had around us to help us reach peak performance every single day, right? How do we do what we do? You know, play at a high level, dealing with some of the things that we just talked about, injuries or even stress and pressure. Um, we live in a world now where people are more health conscious. People want to eat better. People want to get in shape. I think that, you know, professional athletes, we're the healthiest people on the planet, right? And so when I look at all these trends and all these feds and everyone Googling now New Year's resolutions, I want to eat better, I want to get in shape, I feel that, you know, there's an opportunity for people to adopt more of our lifestyle, you know, and that's what the House of Athletes app is that's in the app store today. It's literally how we did what we did with the gurus and the coaches, right? How we train, how we eat. We have mental health practitioners on the site. So it's a, a robust app, uh, but very simple. Um, and what we're doing is just taking how we've trained and how we've recovered our entire careers and providing that finally to the masses. Um, a lot of people out there right now trying to hit their New Year's goals or resolutions, lose weight, lean out, get in shape. If that's you, download the app in the App Store, House of Athlete Plus. And I appreciate you guys giving me the platform to talk about that. No problem, Brandon. We appreciate the time, man. Thanks. Appreciate it, B-Mars. Can I curse again? Yeah. <laughs> Please don't. All right. When, all I right, see, when I see you next time, we can have those conversations. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. <laughs> can't you can afford the fine? I can't. <laughs> no, nah, I can't afford them fines. Not for Mickey Mouse. But I'll say this, though. B. Marsh, one of the guys that really gets it, Carlin, in terms of making sure that athletes focus on wellness, not just when they're playing, yep. but when they get done playing. And with uh, mental health, so many, too. We've we, we heard so many for, different yeah. horror stories, Carlin. And, and so I'm glad that. B. Marsh is one of the athletes that's advocating for guys, both past and present, to take care of their mental wellness. Also, B. Marsh, funny on the football field, I remember we did joint practices in 2006 with the Denver Broncos, Carlin, and I was a Mm -hmm. member of the Dallas Cowboys. Terrell Owens is on our team. (laughs) And and basically our defensive backs decided that they were going to play a little joke on B. Marsh. It was Pac-Man Jones in particular. He said, yeah, you know – you know, the cha- uh, Brandon Marshall's no Terrell Owens, and then Brandon Marshall wrote on his cleats, Pac-Man's no Champ Bailey. It was a really fun <laughs> back and forth, and I will say it was an entertaining week of practice between those receivers and DBs from the Cowboys and Broncos. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. He was really interesting on that last question regarding Amari Cooper and Dak. And, Canty, you've been on this a little bit, and I don't think it's getting enough attention here. The, the, 
the fact that Amari Cooper is gone has to have played a massive role in Dak taking a step back this season. The interception's up, yes. Is that the reason? Eh, I don't know. But they traded him away in a, a time when they were ready to hand it to C.D. Lamb, and he had a great year. But you need those two guys, and they traded him away because of the Zeke contract. And that's a, honestly, as it turned out, it's an absolute killer. And he went to Cleveland in a position where he didn't have a true number one quarterback really all year if you're going to factor in Deshaun Watson, uh, you know, finally getting in at the end of the year and, and maybe playing at the level of football they expect for a half this season. I mean, Chris, Mark, he still had a tremendous year Cooper did with the Browns. Yeah, I mean, he caught uh, he caught nine touchdown passes and had 1,100 yards receiving. Yep. I mean, Carlin, it was a phenomenal year considering he had Jacoby Brissett and a rusty Deshaun Watson who hadn't played in two years throwing him passes. So, yeah, Amari Cooper has still got it, and I'm glad you brought up the Zeke contract because in terms of the cap hit this season, it was exactly the same. Zeke yeah. counts around $20 million against the Cowboys cap this year. Amari Cooper's cap hit was going to be $20 million. If you ask Jerry Jones after you gave him truth serum, which one would he prefer? I'm sure he'd say Amari Cooper because you can find a running back a lot cheaper that can be your change of pace, short yardage, goal line, red zone running back. I'm not paying $20 million for a short yardage, goal line, red zone specialist at the running back position. Tony Pollard is the lead back for the Dallas Cowboys. So, yeah, I, I do think that that was one of those moves where Jerry Jones got in the way of what he covets most, which is competing for a championship. He gave that Zeke contract out. It cost him Amari Cooper. Now, when you look at Dak Prescott, Carlin, he leads the league in interceptions against zone coverage. Amari Cooper, only one receiver in the NFL, has more touchdown catches against zone. That's Devontae Adams. You're mm. telling me that Dak couldn't use that guy right now? Mm. You're kidding yourself. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Canty, what do we like to do? We like to make people money. And I think we did last night, did we not? That happened, yeah. Yeah. Well, parlay, if you're paying attention, that, let's call it what that was. That was fish in a barrel last night. That was that a Lockadini. I didn't want to use the L word, yeah. but it was a Lockadini. It, it truly was. We hit a little parlay with the Denver Nuggets and the Phoenix Suns last night, and that was that's what you call being able to sit back in the rocking chair and enjoy the game. You're not on the edge of your seat the entire night. That's how that went. But next, we give you a chance to make some money this weekend with all the games. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com network 
all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Let's make that paper. Canty and Carlin. Let's go get it. ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance. Tyler Fulgham, ESPN sports betting analyst. You know him for the Daily Wager. He joins us right now, as he does each and every week at this time. Tyler, it's Canty and Carlin. Let's get right into it. And we're not starting with anything easy. We're going to go right to the Jaguars and the Chargers. I know. Right out of the gate. You told our producer that's the hardest of the weekend. Well, that's where we're going. So let's go. Yeah, uh, you got two really great, young, dynamic quarterbacks making their first ever playoff start. I think the Chargers are the better team on paper. That's why they're a two-and-a-half-point road favorite in Jacksonville. However, Brandon Staley inexplicably played his starters more than one snap in Week 18. And now the status of Mike Williams, who is you know their biggest play-wide receiver, a tremendous variable when he's in the lineup versus out, and even Joey Bosa, their you know, best defensive player, um, and a great compliment alongside uh, Khalil Mack on the defensive line banged up in that game. So those are a couple of variables that make it hard to handicap. Um, on the other side, the Jags get into the postseason with a great win streak at the end of the year. They knock off the Titans. I just don't know if they have the horsepower if both of these teams play their A game. Uh, and, gosh, I think I would have to pick the Chargers. That's scary because betting on the Chargers or asking the Chargers to do anything over the last couple of decades has been a fool's errand. Um, they Just when they, you think they, you can invest in them, they let you down some way, somehow. Um, but I think Herbert's slightly better than Lawrence. I think the defense is slightly better with the star power. So in the hardest game to handicap, I lean, I lean on Chargers. Tyler, we got three games during Wild Card Weekend that are the third installment or the third meeting between the two teams. But I want to lock in on the Seahawks 49ers because there seem to be a couple of variables in this game that could swing the potential outcome or how you bet these games. First of all, the weather. It's supposed to be a wet day mm-hmm. out in Santa Clara. And then we are talking about Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, a rookie in his first foray in the postseason, how does that impact how you look at this game, the line, the over-under, all of those things? Yeah, I'm starting to like the under on the total. Um, one of my favorite bets coming into this weekend before we got this news of the weather was the char- or the uh, 49ers, pardon me, can't see, their team total over 26.5. I thought they'd score a lot of points on Seattle's defense, especially because they can run the football. Um, in the six starts pretty made to close out the regular season, they averaged 33.5 points per game. Debo's back. Kittle's balling, Ayuk, Elijah Mitchell's back to compliment uh, CMC. Trent Williams is the best left tackle in the game. Um, but now with that weather, I'm a little concerned. I think we're just going to see the 49ers assert their dominance on the ground. The weakness of Pete Carroll's defense is stopping the run. And the 49ers, in two games this year, ran the ball almost 80 combined times in their wins against the Seahawks. So that's what Kyle mm-hmm. Shanahan, I think, is going to want to do, take some stress off of Brock Purdy, and to play in the elements. Like, if it's rainy and it's wet, don't make a guy who's making his seventh clear NFL start first in the playoffs drop back and throw the ball 30 times, hand it to CMC 20, hand it to Elijah Mitchell 12, hand it to Debo a couple of times, and dominate on the ground because you have the best run team in the NFL. So I think you're going to see a heavy dose of the 49ers running, and they're going to run it effectively. They're going to win the game, and it probably comes under the total because play volume and big plays 
are minimized and suppressed with all that running. Baltimore, Cincinnati on Sunday night. Tyler Fulgham, ESPN Sports Betting Analyst, joining Canty and Carlin. Uh, weather could be a little bit of an issue there as well. What's your read? Yeah, there's also now we know Lamar Jackson's not going to be able to play, so it's either Tyler Huntley or Anthony Brown. Um, so this total's dropping as well. It's down to 40 and a half. The Bengals, I think, are as good as any team in the National Football League. That includes the Chiefs, that includes the 49ers, that includes the Bills. Um, the Ravens, however, their defense gave Joe Burrow two of his worst performances, two of his four worst performances this season in terms of EPA per drop back. And we know ever since they got Roquan Smith in that deal with the Bears, the defense has been objectively elite in Baltimore. Another game that I think probably the Bengals only need to score 21 points to win this game. I mean, I can't imagine Anthony Brown or Tyler Huntley in a playoff game making their first start on the road engineering more than a touchdown drive or two. The best offensive weapon that the Baltimore Ravens have is Justin Tucker. Mark Andrews even had kind of an up-and-down year this season. There's no wide receivers. The running backs are decent, but, I mean, J.K. Dobson's clearly not 100%, even though he's had some good games. So this is another one that I think is going to go under that low total. I think the Bengals win it, and I think they only need to score three or four times to do so. 24-10, to 21-13 type of victory for Cincinnati in that matchup. Tyler, give me your best prop bet this weekend and or the best bet when it comes to isolating a specific portion of a game this weekend. Sure. I mentioned that the um, game in Jacksonville is going to be very hard to handicap. But I think the best prop bet that you can make for any player is Justin Herbert over his passing attempt total, which is 37.5 at Caesars right now. I can guarantee you this, that – Justin Herbert's going to drop back and he's going to sling that rock around Duval. Whether they're winning, whether they're losing, whether they're leading, whether they're trailing, it's going to be Herbert dropping back and throwing the football. Not only are the Jaguars a pass tunnel defense, meaning they're really good against the run but poor against the pass, Herbert averaged 41 pass attempts per game this season. And with it being a higher-scoring game expected by Vegas, the total up near 48, and that tight spread under a field goal, some places that to pick them, you know, the, the line has moved. People are expecting this to be a back-and-forth close game. So if it's competitive deep into the fourth quarter, I fully expect Herbert to have 40-plus pass attempts in that game. So, I, And Austin Eckler, we know he's a great running back, but he does a lot of his damage out of the backfield in the passing game. So I don't, you know, I don't think Eckler's going to run the football a lot. I think it's going to be 40-plus dropbacks, 40-plus attempts for Justin Herbert. In the game that's hardest to handicap, the most confident player prop is Herbert slinging that pill. Love it. I'm on it. Tyler, great stuff. Great job. Thanks. All right, fellas, thank you. Enjoy the Super Wild Card Weekend. Tyler Fulgham, ESPN Sports Betting Analyst, a daily wager you know it all. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. Canty, who is really on upset alert? There is a surprising answer to this question for this weekend. We'll explain next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Listen, you... Got it out of Keyshawn yesterday. And I'm still, still very skeptical. But now the weather's going to be sketchy. This is maybe not lining up so great for the 49ers this week. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Hit us up on the Canty and Carlin Dr. Pepper call in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888 3776. This was Keyshawn yesterday with us talking about 
who is on upset alert this weekend, and he's got, well, the Niners. San Francisco should be on upset alert. I know we all fall in love with them, and Brock Purdy's the guy and all that, and they got a good defense that seems to be a Super Bowl champion-type defense. But Pete Carroll knows what to do, and they play each other every year, and, you know, they should be on upset alert. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Canty, I, I understand the thought. They have, to me, the most dominant unit left in the postseason. But I'm starting to at least come around on the idea that this is going to be a closer game than maybe we would have anticipated. I am too, Carlin, because there's no fear factor for the Seattle Seahawks when it comes to playing the San Francisco 49ers and Kyle Shanahan. They they see these guys twice a year, and you know, based on how the two teams have competed over the better part of the last decade, I I can see a world where San Francisco is in a fourth-quarter game against the Seahawks, especially with Geno Smith having played the way he's played and, and, and been relatively mistake-free as of late. So I, I think that that is what lends itself to it being closer than the nine-and-a-half-point spread that the game is currently at, Carlin, and the weather is the big equalizer. Now, <clears throat> to the point that Tyler Fulgham just brought up, the San Francisco 49ers have ran the ball right right down the throats of the Seattle Seahawks in the two games that they played. Two games they played, Carlin, 79 rush attempts by the 49ers, 359 yards rushing. Carlin, 153 of that was before first contact. Think about that. (laughs) My running backs are getting well beyond the line of scrimmage before they're even getting touched. Wow. That is a problem in terms of gap discipline for the Seattle Seahawks, and I don't know how you clean that up over the course of a couple of weeks, Carlin. I mean, the last time they played was week 15. That was the week before Christmas. So I don't know that you can get that cleaned up over the course of a few games. The Can't Seattle Seahawks, uh, it, 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 the are, Seahawks are run defense right is now? bad. What'd you say? Are, are they begging us right now? Are they begging us to take the Seahawks plus nine and a half? Yeah, it kind of feels like it. Yeah, it does, because it feels like this is going to be a ground-and-pound type of game, and, and it's not going to be a whole lot of scoring. So, yeah, it does feel like this is one of those games where it's like, hey, man, this is nine and a half. It's a lot of points against a divisional opponent. What, do you, what are you going to do? Mm. Do you want to take it? And it's just, uh, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. It was a much closer game on December 15th than it was in week two when Seattle lost 27-7. to 7. 
Um, it was 21 to 13 in week 15. But Carlin, I, I just, I think it lends itself because of the matchup and because of Geno Smith's experience. I think that's what, what could create a situation where the game is closer than the experts think. I, you know, see, now I'm torn, right? Does it become a, a, a true situation where that weather's going to be so ugly that you can't help but take the 10 points and thus buy into the idea that they are begging you to take the Seahawks here? Or because they're begging us to take the Seahawks, does it then mean that the 49ers are just going to dominate this game because it is going to be their kind of game? And the last thing they want to do is put it in the air at all. See, I'm, I'm now I'm torn. Now I'm completely torn. It's a legitimate question, big fella. It's a legitimate question, but I, I, I think this is going to be one of those games where both teams decide they're going to keep it on the ground. I'd be shocked if Kyle Shanahan decides he wants to put this game in Brock Purdy's hands, especially with weather being an issue. I, I'm not saying that he's not capable of playing in weather because the kid played at Iowa State, right? He, he's played in weather before, but yeah. I don't know that he's played in this type of environment with the electricity because of a playoff atmosphere, this kind of intensity from the players and the overall speed of the game. When you throw in another layer with the wet ball drill and having to do all of the different ball handling and, and then being able to read defenses and you know those defenses playing your tendencies, I, I'm not sure that that's something that Kyle Shanahan wants to do. So, yeah, I think it does create a situation where it's going to be a relatively low-scoring game and that means it's probably going to be a fourth-quarter game. So I, I don't see this as being a two-possession win by the San Francisco 49ers. I think it'll be closer than that. I'm still taking the Niners to get out of the wild-card round. Well, here's I am too at the moment. It's just whether or not they're going to cover. The other part for me is are the Seahawks going to be able to run the ball against the 49ers? And I don't expect that. Even with Ken Walker... I don't expect him to be able to run the football effectively against him, especially in the slop. So then, can Geno beat you? With all of that adding up, I'm kind of going back to the default of the defense being that good for San Francisco. And, like, how many points could they... could? How many points, Chris, legitimately here, does Seattle have to score to win this game? They have if to Seattle, score 20 points, if, don't they? If Seattle can get to 24 points, they can win this game. What if they get to 20? Mm. Yeah, exactly. They, they've got to score It's got to score north of 20 to win this game. It's got to be 24, 27 points to win this game. Here's what you just witnessed with me, right? The beginning of the segment, I'm starting to go all in. All right, give me the 10 points. Give me the Seahawks. They're going to cover. And then you just completely twisted me around as just a, a – a big moldable piece of Play-Doh and got me into a situation where I don't know what to do. Because <laughs> you I don't know I, what to do. I think they're I think they are begging. They are begging us to take the Seahawks. And the last time they did that, and you and I recognized it in a game, we went the other way and it was a blowout in our favor. So yeah, I, I, this could true. I'll ask you here's here's what I would say. Is this game going to be a lot closer to 27-7 or to what we saw a few weeks back? It might be a lot closer to 27-7 if they have not solved these problems in stopping the run. Well, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot closer to 27-7 because you got to remember 21-13 was up in Seattle. Yeah. 
And so that 12th man is a real thing. And, of course, the noise, um, you know, being able to disrupt a young quarterback operating the offense makes a difference. Well, ain't going to be no noise from the home fans in Santa Clara for the 49ers. So I think it'll be a lot cleaner from that standpoint for Brock Purdy. Uh, yeah, so I, I think it'll be closer. I think it has the – I think it's more likely to be closer even though I don't feel like this is a game that's going to get out of hand for Seattle. I just don't think that Pete Carroll is going to let the game get that far gone. I just don't see it happening. Mm. Uh, I'm going to be wrestling with this for the next couple of days, but right now I'm tempted to go the other way and lay the points. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can watch and listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.